Good morning, church. If you will, grab your seat and grab a Bible. Turn with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. I'll say, bless the Lord, if you'll say, oh my soul. Bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Good morning, I'm Josh, one of the ministers. Welcome to Clear Creek. So glad that you're with us this morning. We want to be a place that is constantly looking for ways to reach the next person for Jesus. Andy, go ahead and put that up. I just want us to know that the big heart behind everything we do is so that more people will know more about God because people are infinitely valuable to God. And so they're valuable to us. And so if this is your first time, welcome. We want you to know that you have found a safe place to explore faith, to ask questions, to present your doubts, but also to... Maybe, just maybe, find the one who has been calling you to him from the moment you were born. I want to ask you this morning, if you will, pray for me. We have a beautiful text that we're going to dive into in this last part of this teaching called How Disciples Are Made. And it is such a powerful, beautiful text. And I'm just going to ask you to pray that God would speak to me and through me so that we as a body would be encouraged and blessed and directed as we leave this place. And I just want you to know that... I have been praying for you already this week. I've prayed over every seat in this room, and it took a little while. You guys over here, you're Romans chapter 8. I prayed for you there. You down here, you are Ephesians chapter 1. Back there, you are Psalm 23. You're Psalm 100. You guys up here are some of Psalms, uh, Paul's prayers. You are some more of Paul's prayers. And then like right here, I ran out of scripture because I, I realized I got to uh, learn some more. So I rinsed, repeated a bit. But I've been praying for you as well that God would just show up in your life this morning. Because if we gather and sing, if we gather and talk, but Jesus does not come in this room, then we've wasted our time. And so I just want you to know that you are loved and you've been prayed for this morning. I also just want to say thank you for being here. Um, It's hard to get to church on Sunday mornings some days, isn't it? No, no, no one else, just me. Well, thank thank you. We will not be in a small group if I can't be honest. No, I mean, there are moments, and this morning was one of them, where, and maybe I'm the only sinner in here who does this, but there's some moments where my alarm goes off in the morning, and I think, maybe I'll just sleep in a little bit longer. Is anyone else like that, anyone? Again, no? Really? Okay, great. This is going to be a long morning. But there are those moments where it's just hard to get out of bed to get started. I have four humans living under one roof. Now I know for some of you, you say that is, man, that's JV digs. We got six, seven, eight kids. In fact, we bring kids in just for the weekends to show how godly we are. I get that. You guys are better than me. I understand. But it is hard some days. It takes a Herculean effort to get to church or anywhere, doesn't it? And some of y'all, you know what it's like. You've wrangled the kids. You've thrown some fruity pebbles at them. You've done all the things. They may be coming in with matching socks. We're not really sure about that. Everyone gets in the car. The doors close. You have the fight of the week. You get to church. You open the doors. You come out. You have to look like everything's okay. And you're not even sure if you're Christian anymore by the time you get to church on Sunday morning. I just want to remind you then this morning that I have nothing new to tell you. And my promise today I'm not going to lay some burden on you that says you need to do more, you're not doing enough, or how dare you, or why don't you. It's really quite the opposite. I just want to remind you that you have access to the power of God through the Holy Spirit today. I love what this passage, and this is sort of the key idea, just this statement right here. Go ahead and put this up if you will. This key idea, 
is that you have access to power through the Holy Spirit. If you don't remember anything else, I just want you to know, you're not doing this thing called life alone. Many of us are attempting to walk life alone, but you don't have to. God's Holy Spirit is there with you to empower you to do what you cannot do so that you are able to be who God has called you to be. I love what Samuel Johnson said. He said these words, and they've just been with me so much. Sometimes we need to be reminded more than instructed. So I just want to remind you of some things this morning. Now I'll tell you one group of people who need to be reminded of things. My kids. Anyone else? You just are on this, like, let's just record the statement and then just hit repeat whenever you forget what I just told you. One of the things I constantly am saying, pick up after yourselves. And it's like, no one in this house knows how to pick up after themselves, including me. My wife will remind me of that fact. I don't pick up. My kids don't pick up. It's like, oh, well, you just pick up after yourself. And just as I'm about to lose my ever-loving mind, God speaks to me and the Holy Spirit says, just remember how many times I've had to remind you of what it means to be a growing person. Take a breath. And I just want to say, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Now pick up after yourself. So with that said, why don't we hear these good reminders from Jesus Christ from Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. Would you stand with me if you're physically able to this morning? These are the last words of Jesus before he ascended to heaven. He says this, On one occasion while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? But he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sights. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Jesus, would you go before us in the text and make a way? In your name we pray this morning. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, before we get into the text, I just noticed that we have some celebrities in our midst. Uh, Can you all just kind of turn your attention over here to the back? Evan Aldridge and Rachel Aldridge, they are here after just a, just a little bit of a life change. What happened this past week, guys? Do you, do you recall? Not enough sleep because they just had their fourth child. Can we welcome them here this morning? Man, we love you guys. I didn't know you were going to be here, bud. I'm glad you're here. So good to see you. Don't worry, we'll get you some pillows and blankets. Get a nice 30 minutes right now, okay? Oh, man. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. Is it encouraging to anyone else that the disciples still just don't get it? I mean, is anyone else just mildly encouraged by the fact that these doubters, these men who've been walking with Jesus are still disgruntled and they're doubting and they're discouraged and they're just not sure what to do? 
For me, this is incredibly encouraging. It's not that misery loves company, but sometimes when I watch what others do, I feel intimidated thinking, I can't do what you do. And yet these men who have just seen the resurrected Jesus, they are still absolutely terrified. In fact, and let's just be real clear about this. They are with Jesus in this very moment. He is not just Jesus, but this is the resurrected Jesus. Nail scars in his hands, nail piercing or uh, uh, spear piercing in his side. They have seen him. They have touched him. They have spent 40 days on this retreat with Jesus. Just read verse 3. They went off for 40 days and he's teaching them after the resurrection. This is what it looks like to live in the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, I'm going to come back. And they're like, yay, God, this is going to be awesome. But they just don't get it. In fact, they start doing the little, hey, are we there yet question, Jesus? Hey, Jesus, when is the kingdom coming? Jesus, are you coming back now? Jesus, Jesus, when are we doing this? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And it's one of those moments, just like so many of you parents have had, where you're in the car and you're like, oh, we are not there yet. But Jesus, so patient and so kind, lovingly simply says, I'm going to give you a gift. And he says these words to them and they hear the words, but it's almost like it's one ear in, one ear out. Because as soon as he ascends, they run back to Jerusalem, scared and afraid, lock themselves in an upper room. Now he's just told them, you're going to be my witnesses and I'm going to take care of it. But they are afraid. And the question I have for the text this morning, the question I lay before us as a family is this one question. What took these men from doubting disciples to ferocious, faith-filled men and women who went forth sharing the good news of Jesus, being missionaries, who passed along the gospel so that now, 2,000 years later, you and I know Jesus' name. And I would submit to you, it was not, hear me now, and please don't misunderstand, I submit from this text, it is not seeing the resurrected Jesus that empowered them to do this because they had just seen him and what do they do? They run and hide in an upper room. I submit to you friends that it was Jesus ascending and Jesus sending the Holy Spirit on them in power that made them from fearful to faithful to ferocious. That the Holy Spirit is the great gift of God. So when we ask the question, how are disciples made? The answer must always be, disciples are made in his power. Not yours, not mine. It is the Holy Spirit who gives us the ability to do what is impossible for us. My question though, God sent the Holy Spirit to them. Still think it's available to us? Like for some of us, we think, well, they were varsity, we're JV. So God gives them a roaring V8 diesel engine of Holy Spirit power. We just get a little V8 or a little little nine volt battery version of it. Is that what we get? I want to ask you two questions this morning and then we'll call it a day. Here's question number one. When was the last time that you asked, when was the last time that the Holy Spirit came on you in power? Child of God. Saved through the blood of Jesus. When was the last time God's Holy Spirit power came on you to enable you to be a witness to the world about our resurrected Savior? Can you point to that moment? Do you remember that time? Was there a place where the Holy Spirit came on you? Is it obvious or is it obviously missing? And I wonder this morning if we would even know it if he showed up. Now, I know, I know, in a room this size, there's probably about 12 of you who are like Holy Spirit people. You know who I'm talking about because right now I've mentioned the name Holy Spirit and you're like, 
finally. And you're ready to get up. You're ready to run laps. You're saying, I love this. It's time to talk about him. And I'm so glad you're here. In fact, if you do make a lap, just give me a high five as you go by, okay? But you need to understand the rest of this message is not for you. The rest of this message is for those of you with your arms crossed who are saying, "Mm -mm, I'm telling the elders about what you're preaching on this morning. Some of you, you're going, whoa, pump the brakes, little preacher man. This is a church of Christ. Didn't you see the sign or did you miss it on the way in? Is it possible though that the Holy Spirit wants to come into this place if we'd simply say, come Lord Jesus, and if we welcome him here? Would we know it if he showed up this morning? Now I know because I grew up in a church of Christ and it is a fabulous, fabulous body of people. I love them so, so, so much. But the Holy Spirit was not something we talked a lot about growing up. In fact, we avoided the Holy Spirit. We thought that the Holy Trinity was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. Anyone else know what I'm talking about? And so we thought that this is sort of the way that everything worked and we avoided talking about the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit and people who talk about the Holy Spirit were goofy, right? How many of us, when you think about Holy Spirit people, you think of people who blame their bad dance moves, their bad decisions, their bad dictation, and their bad snake handling skills on the Holy Spirit. And so we just want to run from it because we've seen maybe it not used, the Holy Spirit avoided or ignored or taught in a certain way that's not helpful. In fact, I know for some of us, we're like, yeah, like in the 40s and 50s, it got so bad for the Holy Spirit that he had to have a name change. You know this, right? Went to his PR guy and he said, hey, things aren't working out. We got to change this up. He said, yeah, we got to go from Holy Ghost to Holy Spirit because we're scaring the kids. And so for a lot of us, we're going, okay, this is weird. But is it possible that the Holy Spirit wants to come on us? And I'm afraid, and my big fear is that for many of us, in an attempt to avoid the pitfalls, we've simply just ignored him entirely. But I don't know about you. I need more power in my life, and I want more power in my life. Quick question for those who are over the age of like 30. Any of you remember Tim the Toolman Taylor? Anyone in here remember that? Oh, you're my people. And by the way, I'm more like his goofs than his successes. I've glued myself to things. I've punctured body parts trying to nail something in. That's more my side of it. But I want to be the guy who doesn't just say more power, but receives more power from God. What if God wants to give you more than you already have? What if it is simply a matter of saying, come Lord Jesus, give to me what you've already promised What would it look like if we invited the Holy Spirit into our presence and into our everyday lives? Now, I got to warn you, the Holy Spirit power does not come in the way that a lot of us think it should come, does it? See, when I think of power, I think about being able to call down lightning bolts from the sky, being able to part the Tennessee River to show off to my friends. And when there's a person, if I'm to witness to them, I want the Lord to affirm that I'm supposed to witness to them by sending two doves to land on their shoulders without pooping on their shoulders. And this is a sign from God. This is the person. Quick question. Has that ever happened to you? It hasn't happened to me. But there have been moments in my very fragile and vulnerable faith, I've simply said, God, I can't do this on my own. Would you use this weak, cowardly flesh and do something? Would someone else know the power of the resurrected Savior simply because you're at work in me? And it doesn't come like a lightning bolt, although those moments are rare and they're beautiful and we celebrate them and we talk about them for generations and I love them. But usually it's just a blip in my heart where he says, your server said, why don't you ask Why? 
And then in faithfulness, I ask and God begins to move and the power of God is seen in a weak vessel, but the power of God is seen mighty. When was the last time that the Holy Spirit came on you in power? I don't know about you, but I want power of the Holy Spirit, not only in the mysterious and big things, but in the mundane and small things of life. I want to make space and room for him to move. How are disciples made? They're made in his power. Question number two is this, what would it look like this week if we just prayed for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us so that we could be witnesses. Again, I don't know about you, but I want more. I want my own life to be a sign and wonder of the power of God at work in this world. I want to be someone that he can use. Does anyone else want that this morning? It's available to you. It's a gift from God to every believer, not just a select few, but for all who would come to him humbly and receive Jesus Christ in baptism. He then says, you are forgiven of sins. But Peter then says in Acts chapter two, the next chapter, when you receive Jesus's forgiveness, you receive God's gift of the Holy Spirit that will empower you to be my witnesses where you are and where you're going. And sometimes, sometimes that comes because I take joy in the mundane. Isn't it true that sometimes the evidence of God in you is not something big and bold. It's simply that you are joyful in difficult circumstances. Or maybe not even difficult circumstances. You're simply joyful with the good gifts you already have. Anyone else in here struggle with contentment? Man, those things that it's like, I've got a good life. I've got a good family. I've got a good job. I've got good health. I've got these things. But I want more. But sometimes the presence of God, the evidence of God is simply being joyful in what God has done and already given. That's a sign of the resurrected power of Jesus Christ is when we find joy in the moments. The sign that I'm trying to love my wife, even with crazy kids and fickle finances. And we're not sure how everything's going to work with all of our overpacked schedule. And yet we can find joy in the moment. That is evidence that God is at work. That means that you are being a witness to the presence of God. What would it look like this week if we prayed, Holy Spirit, would you please help me in this moment to be like Jesus? So let's just dream for a moment here, church. What would it look like this week? If tomorrow morning over your bowl of fruity pebbles, you looked at your stepdaughter And you engaged her in a conversation about what matters to her and what matters to you and what matters for life. What would it look like when you're at work tomorrow morning and we're getting chewed out by your boss for not meeting this month's sales quotas? What would happen if you said, Holy Spirit, show me how to be a witness of the resurrected power of Jesus now? Would you see maybe someone who is wounded and someone who's insecure about themselves and how your performance they're afraid will reflect poorly on them? And so now you have opportunity to hear differently and perhaps speak differently in that moment. What would it look like at school tomorrow morning? When you're sitting through algebra class and you are praying as you're watching what seems like hours for just a few seconds, you're just like, oh, come Lord Jesus, come. And he doesn't come. What would it look like tomorrow if you're making it through the day? It just feels like another mundane, ordinary day. So after class, you go to the cafeteria, they drop that cold piece of pizza on your plate and you see across the room a student who is struggling and you invite them to sit with you only to learn that they were going to kill themselves if you, didn't, if you did not or someone did not say something to them today. What would it look like to say, God, use me today to be a witness of your power? 
What would the power of the Holy Spirit look like if we invited him into the mundane, ordinary aspects of our life? What does it look like to pray for power? The presence of the Holy Spirit while you're doing dirty dishes, dirty laundry, doing all the dirty house chores, picking up after your kids and your husband. I'm sorry, ladies. After you're doing all the stuff, what does it look like to find joy in those moments? That is the power of the Holy Spirit. And then let me, let me ask you this. Is it possible that the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't just give you joy in the moment? doesn't just give you ability to respond differently to circumstances in the moment. But what if, what if the power of the Holy Spirit enabled you to be the better version of the you that God has always designed you to be? Did you know that you are made on purpose? That your creativity, your personality is not an accident. I need to say that to someone else this morning. You need to hear me now. You're not an accident. Some of you this morning, you were told you're an accident by someone who loved you or should have loved you. You're not an accident. You may have been a surprise to someone, (laughs) but you're not a surprise to God. Did you know being empowered by the Holy Spirit will make you more like the you that God wanted you to be from the beginning? One of the ways that I rob the Holy Spirit of his work in my life is when I try to be like other people. When I try to be like a Keith Mosley or an Evan Aldridge or a Jake Hendricks or an Albert Coley or someone like that, I rob the Holy Spirit because guess what? Those jobs are already taken and they're being taken beautifully. We don't need another one of them. So why would I try to be like them? I love when I see people in our church who serve in beautiful ways, who use their gifts of God and they're living fully into who they are, the great, the goofy, all in between because that is one of the ways that the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is seen. Did you know the church is like a body? Every person has a different role and a different purpose in the church. So if you try to be like someone else, you're robbing the spirit of his power in you and you're robbing the church of what we need most. What would it look like if you said, Holy Spirit, let me just be me and not worry about how other people see me. Instead of trying to adjust my personality, let me be like the man or the woman that you've called me to be. What would it look like, church, this week? Because, again, how disciples are made is in his power. See, we're talking about, yes, making disciples. But friends, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are also a disciple. How are you made more like Jesus? It is in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what would it look like this week? I want more of him and I want more joy in my life. I want more peace in my life. I want more presence of God. I want more purpose. I don't want to lay my head down at the end of my life and say, man, I built a fortune or I built a family or I built this or I built that, but there was nothing beyond this life. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, more is available. Romans chapter 12, verse one says these very familiar, but empowering words. He says, offer your bodies, brothers and sisters, as holy or as off your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, I love that translation, but I love this other one. It's a more contemporary way of saying the same words. But I love how this one author takes the same words and puts it into frame for me. He says, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Readily recognize what he wants from you. And quickly respond to it. How are disciples made? It is in the power of the Holy Spirit. So maybe we should talk to him now. Let's pray together.
Holy Spirit, would you come upon us in power so that we can be your witnesses here and there, near and far in Chattanooga and in the southeast and the ends of the earth. But right now, would you instill in us a heightened awareness of your power and your presence? We're going to stand and sing in a moment, but for just a second, would you continue just to talk to the Lord? I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you, but I ask you to do one thing. If you have the courage and the curiosity, would you just quietly to the Lord simply say, Holy Spirit, would you come upon me in power? Just in your own words, in your own heart, would you say that right now? Holy Spirit, would you come upon me in power? And now would you ask him, what does he want you to do next? If that's a response to the gospel, great. Some of us will be in the lobby after service and we will help you take your next step to respond to the grace and the love and mercy of our resurrected Savior. We'd love to start that conversation with you. If that's to pray for someone else, then pray. Take this moment and say, Lord, will you bring to mind the one person most on your heart for me? that I can be a witness of your resurrected son, Jesus Christ. And to all the places and people the Lord has lined up for us this week, because whoever you are, whatever you've done, and wherever you're going, may the power of the Holy Spirit come upon you to be his witnesses wherever you go. Unto you, O Lord, we pray to you now. We thank you for hearing us. We thank you, Father, through Jesus' name and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.